What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Up in Flames. As always, I'm your host, Mo Murphy. Going solo today. Um, just got a few things I wanted to talk about. Um, so we'll be right back right after this. Meditating my silence But I keep pushing my pen Rotating my stylus Brokenness feeling like sin Not no Creflo dollar Used to be left on red Now all the girls go holler Now all the girls go follow All the fake friends gon' pile up I need peace to borrow Get that shit right back tomorrow Somehow all the fans go bravo Smile so much to hide my sorrow Faith is shaky and vibrato I can't hold the frown Once again, we are back with another episode of Up in Flames. And like always, I am your host, Mo Murphy. So it's been a few weeks, um, really going on three weeks since the last episode I recorded. If you did listen to the last one, uh, you know, I had to basically went on a drug rant. You know, got a little bit of liquor in my system, started thinking about some things I wanted to get out my system, talking sports. Uh, if you enjoyed it, cool. If you didn't, so what? Um, hopefully you are listening to this one. Um I just want to address some. So, yes, it has been three weeks. Uh, been doing a lot of things in the background, right? Like for these past three weeks, uh, one of the weeks, you know, my daughter's birthday was just recently had family in town as well. And uh, with me staying away from my family, I always like to kind of just not have to worry about a lot of things while my family's in town. And one of those things may be trying to re record a podcast and get some of the thoughts out, you know, of the things going around in the sports world. Um, so I had that going. And, you know, just kind of a creator's block, trying to figure out the direction um, that I'm going to continue this thing going, trying to get things right with this uh, merchandise that had launched. Few problems with that. But, you know, I, I know a few people have asked me, like, man, you know, you, you falling off. Like, there'll come a point in time where, hey, if you don't put something out, you know, if, if, if you ain't in their face, people going to forget about you. Um, and I understand that. Shade was thrown a little bit. So, you know, it is what it is. Few people had things to say about me not, you know, having recorded in a few weeks and whatever. I really don't care. Um, and if you take exception to that, then, you know, that's on you. Hang that on your hat. Um, I'm not here to please you. I can promise you that. I'm not here to really give a damn about your opinion. Uh, I can promise you that. So, you know, there are people out here in, in this space working harder and that's fine. But I'm just saying, you know, when I do get on the mic, people listen. Um, you know, when I do get on the mic, y'all care. You know what I'm saying? I get a lot of responses and it, it ain't about going viral or nothing. But people who do the, the supporters and everything, they'll chop it up with me, text me, call me, homies, family, everybody. You know, a couple of people I met through the Internet. So I do engage, whether it's online or offline, still been talking sports. But I just want, you know, I want that to be established that, you know, Up in Flames is mine and Up in Flames, I run on my time. And so I don't really care about the opinion you know, of the next person about, well, you haven't been consistent lately or this or that. And there's been a few people that, that have said things along that, along those lines. But like, I ain't, I ain't here to, you know what I'm saying? I run on my time. I do what Mo Murphy want to do and up in flames and my own brand. And, I, and I've been working on things in the background, getting some big business things right. Because I did say 
you know, a couple episodes ago, I did say, like, there are some things in the work. Um, there are some moves being made. Talked about a little bit on Twitter. Not going to let nobody in my game room, but there are some moves that are about to be made. There are some things in the works. And also for these past couple of weeks, it was nice to be able to just sit back and enjoy everybody else's shows that I love listening to. You know, the Hoopers, you know, uh, Get a Bucket podcast with my guy Chris and Kev. Always check into the Joe Budden podcast. This is one of my go-tos right there. Uh, Zach Ramey, you know what I'm saying, with the Z Show. Uh, the Women's Boss, women's Basketball Podcast. I ain't gonna lie, I've been trying to be a little bit more enlightened on the Women's Basketball Podcast. So checking that out, you know, uh, on the 9450 with KDOT and um, uh, Daniel Artest. So I've also just been sitting back and appreciating everybody else's work and kind of just, I don't know, man, acknowledging. Shout out to my guy, Wayne Cole. Matter of fact, while we're giving out shout outs, that man doing it big over there in the Washington media world, uh, over there in D.C. covering the Wizards. Uh, their G League affiliate. I know he's ready to cover the WNBA. So shout out to him, man. He's been, he's really been a big voice out of Washington sports, and I've loved watching his growth uh, from the conversation we had, man, probably, what, two years ago? I think around the time I first moved to Texas, we had that conversation. So shout out to my guy. But, yeah, so there's been a few things going on in the sports world. I mean, the NCAA tournament's been happening. I'm not going to sit here and break that down. You know, I talk about a little bit of thoughts, but I ain't finna get analytical. But if you'd want to hear a breakdown, go check out Get a Bucket, Get a Bucket Podcast over there at Off the Ball Network, hosted by Chris LeBron and my guy Kevin Kev. The tournament's happening. We heading it, you know, today. I'm recording this on Friday, the, the second day of the Sweet 16. We're heading into the Elite Eight uh this weekend to determine the final four. Bro, this has been a hell of a tournament. I mean, you got Princeton in the Sweet 16. You had uh Fairly Dickinson beat Purdue. And it's crazy because I did, and I, I have the receipts if y'all don't believe me, but I did text my homeboy. I said, and if there was, if there was, and I, I zero chance that I thought, I'll say 1% chance. And the only reason I say 1% chance is because this conversation got brought up. But I asked him, I said, if you could see a one seed lose, who do you think it would be? And he's like, I don't see none of them. And I'm like, yeah, you right. I don't either. I'd never bet on that. I said, but if there was a one seed that was going to go down and beat Purdue. And it's because Purdue plays really one style of basketball and their kryptonite is this opposite style of basketball and fairly Dickinson. Clearly the coach seen that press pressure them the whole game, get the ball, put the pressure. Don't let them run that half court offense and run the offense through Zach Eady. Right. And you saw that with Dickinson, they were able to do that a lot smaller, but a lot faster, clearly a lot tougher, a lot quicker. And, and it was their day. So that that's always, but Princeton in the sweet 16, like an Ivy league school, not a historian as far as Ivy League goes. Can't tell you the last time they've been in the Sweet 16 with possible with a possibility of reaching the Elite Eight. I think their run ins here. Um, I don't really think they have a shot against Creighton. If you're hearing this and Princeton beat Creighton, then beat me up for that take. I really don't think. I think you know all sweet things come to an end, and I think the way it's looking right now is that that Cinderella team. There's always that team that we're not thinking about, and the way it looks right now to me is I think it's FAU. I think FAU's playing really good basketball. Um, they kind of played against, you know, when they played against Tennessee, they were down in the first half. They just weren't hitting shots, kind of playing Tennessee's ball a little bit. But then once they started playing their ball, faster pace, up and down the court, let's score as quick as we can, and they started making shots, Tennessee's not that good offensively. They go through spurts, and if they're not playing defense, if you're hitting shots against Tennessee through that three, four, five-minute spurt of really not scoring points, you're going to beat Tennessee, and FAU showed us that um, in the Sweet 16, but I hope y'all have enjoyed the tournament. I've enjoyed it. I love tournament time more than probably anything. I think 
as far as postseason sport, I think it's the greatest because it is the one place where we get crazy upsets. I mean, Princeton, you know, I keep beating on them. The, the one seed, we've seen this twice in like the past, what, seven years now um, that we've seen a one seed loss. And prior to that, they were whatever and oh. We had never seen it. Virginia was the first, and now we have Purdue added to that list. So it's still very rare historically. But once it happened once, the dominoes start to fall. My thought on that, though, is, and it's more of a question. And if you do happen to listen to this and have an answer for me, at me on Twitter, at Mo underscore Cheese 15, reach out to me. Because I would love to hear your answer. But how much impact, and I'm only going to ask the question. How much impact has the COVID year had on the success of these small schools? And the reason I ask that, and I leave it at this, the reason I ask that is because we seem like we're having a lot more fifth and sixth year guys. We've got teams with 23 to 24 year olds. But how much do you think that's due to the COVID year and the extra year of eligibility that these smaller teams are having a lot more success than we're typically used to? And I'm going to leave it at that. Another conversation I got to get to. My Dallas Cowboys. But... Transition from college to NFL, that's crazy. Crazy transition, but I am a Cowboys fan. And coming back after taking a little hiatus and getting some things together, it wouldn't be me without talking about my Dallas Cowboys. Stephon Gilmore, Ronald Jones, Brandon Cooks. I love the moves. I love them. We were able to obtain some of our players. Donovan Wilson, Leighton Van Der Esch on a one-year deal. I love those moves. Um, You watch Philly lose a few players. They were able to gain a few players. Uh, the Giants have made a couple moves, but I think the gap between Dallas and the Giants in Washington is a little bit bigger than I think the gap between Philly and Dallas was. And I know, yeah, of course, I'm going to say that Philly went to the Super Bowl, um, but they were right there. I mean, they were neck and neck, went one and one against each other. Both teams didn't have their starting quarterback um, in either of those matchups. Jalen Hurts missed a game. Dak missed one of the games. But I still think, you know, going, what, 12 and 5, uh, you know, Philly went 15, 14-3, had only lost one game while Jalen Hurts was the starter. The other two losses came with Garner Minshew. But I think Dallas closed the gap, and I don't think the gap was that far anyway. But I think adding another corner to put us opposite of Trayvon Diggs, I think adding a, a over-the-top receiver, putting Michael Gallup or CD in the slot now, putting Michael Gallup, I think, being back three strong. And I know everybody's like, well, essentially you traded Amari Cook when you Take, think about you traded the draft pick that you got for Amari Cooper. Yes, but it also cap reasons is why we got rid of Amari Cooper. We didn't want to. He became a cap casualty. Cut my guy Zeke, man. And as y'all know, you know, I'm an Ohio State fan. So it was tough cutting Zeke because I've been a fan of his for basically the past 10 years. The three years he was at Ohio State um, and then the seven years that he was a Dallas Cowboy. And what makes it is I, the, the one team I love is Ohio State, right? Like that, I love them to death. I ride or die. I throw temper tantrums about them if they lose. I, I'm the happiest of happy when they win. But I think it's, it's special with Zeke because not only was he a superstar player, but he put, he put Ohio State on his back and ran them to a national championship. And no matter how great guys are at the universities that you love, when they win championships, I feel like there's only one school and maybe now two, um, possibly two coming, that these special players won't mean as much when you're constantly winning championships. And I think that's Alabama. Like, I know they appreciate, they've had a bunch of great players, but they've also won championships. Pretty much if you went to Alabama 
and stayed there, you've won a championship. So you don't get to find that special bond where with like Ohio State, we're always in the conversation. We make multiple playoffs, been to a couple national championships, but we haven't won one since 2014. And Zeke was that guy who was the star of the show that, that got us there. We hadn't been since, what, 08, 07, 08 season against LSU. Last time we had been there before that, got our butts kicked by Florida the time before that. I was about seven years old when we beat Miami in the national championship. So for Zeke to be able to have that special three-run performance in the Big Ten championship, the uh, the playoff semifinals in the final, like it makes you – and then he came back. Like he came back after that. He was only a sophomore. So now he's a superstar. You love him. You put the team on his back. You develop a different love. And I am a guy – I love Ohio State players when they go on to the NFL, but when you come to the Dallas Cowboys, I love you even more. Like, I was rooting for you for the past three to four years, and now you're coming on my team, and I can continue to root for you and closely pay attention to your career. And the man was a dog, but obviously, you know, it seems like once he got paid, production went down. The shelf life of running backs isn't that long in the first place, so it's not something that we didn't see coming. It just hurts, man. Like, it it just hurts personally for me because being a Cowboys fan and being an Ohio State fan, um... You know, it's tough to lose a guy that you loved and rooted for 10 years. So shout out to you, Zeke, uh, on your future endeavors. But I will tell you, Ezekiel Elliott, if you were to come across this, your ass better not go to no damn Philadelphia Eagles. I promise you, you better not. You better not go to no damn Philadelphia Eagles, bro. I, I seen the list was the Jets, the Bengals, and the Eagles. I'll go to the Jets, bro. I'm rooting for you. I'll probably get a Jets Zeke jersey. I don't care what anybody talking about. He ain't going to do nothing. That's fine. I'm a, I'm a fan of that man. Go go get go to the Bengals, bro. I, I gladly throw on that orange and black, bro. You go to Philly, dog. Man, I, I ain't gonna be. I, I can't. I can't play against you for two. I, I can't play against you twice a year, bro. Like I can't even. I don't even want to watch that, dog. Like, cause I'll be mad at you, bro. I'm be hurt, man. I'm, I'm gonna let you know you hurt my feelings. In that instance, if that happens, so of your three, just, just cut out that that dark green. You can go to lighter green in the New York Jets, but cut cut, cut out that dark green. For the Philadelphia Eagles. Moving back, transitioning to basketball, the NBA. I ain't even fully getting into the NBA. Uh, my next episode, and, and another thing with that, things are going to come more consistently. I figured out the direction I'm going. I ain't going to just give all these hour, hour and a half podcasts with a guest. I might jump on the mic and give you 15, 20 minutes of my thoughts. But at the same time, it's going to be a little more consistent. But this conversation lately, a lot of players have been speaking on it. And I'm not mad at Mario Chalmers, Gilbert Arenas. I fully understand what they're saying. I get it. You know, my man Zach, you know, had made a little snippet. He spoke up. I understand what they're saying. And so does he. So I love like his perspective because he understands what's being said. What I don't like is the Jordan fans and the Kobe fans. And if you feel some type of way, You can at me and say something. I'll bring you on here to have this discussion because the way you're taking what these players are saying and turning it into your narrative, you don't understand basketball and you were never good, period. That's why I'm taking it with it. Um, I'm washed now, two ankle surgeries, I'm done. But you don't understand, even if you were never good, but you understand basketball, you don't understand basketball if you don't understand what they're saying and use it to prove your point of whether Kobe or George was greater than LeBron. And I don't want to get into the GOAT debate. I don't care. All three of them are great players. But you're like using it to bash LeBron's greatness, and it makes zero sense. Yes, guys feared Kobe. Yes, guys feared Michael Jordan. But here's how I'm going to put it. Here's the best way I can put it, because clearly you didn't understand what the NBA players were saying. But Gilbert Arenas was right. Yeah, he's going to put, he's going to drop 30 and 29, 9, and 9, and he's going to get the W, and it doesn't take away from his greatness. 
but you were a little more feared because Kobe or Jordan might come drop 60. A win's a win, an elite performance, a triple-double, whatever it may be. I get it. But Jordan and Kobe weren't friends with everybody else. They had a small, small circle, right? And you even seen somebody like Kobe. Go watch the Redeem Team documentary. Pau Gasol is his brother. Like, the uncle to his daughters. Rest in peace, Kobe, by the way. Because this is not anything of the slight with Kobe or Jordan or nothing. Um, ran through that man in the Olympics, right? To prove a point that I don't care who's on the opposite side. I don't care about relationships. I'm going to be a dog. And if I got to hurt you to get to my destination, then I will hurt you. I love that. That is, that's a great mentality. But here's where I say, I get what Gilbert Arenas and them are saying. That type of, if I walk into a gym in an AAU tournament, and we know we about to play some team, but I never heard of him. I just know that player, and I know he's a dog. It's a little bit different than going into the gym because there were some great players in my area, but I knew a lot of them. So it's a little bit different. If I play on an AAU team and one of the top players in the state is on the opposite team and I don't know him and I don't know that team and I'm not familiar with them, but I know who he is, as opposed to I had a homeboy, one of the best players in the state of Florida at the time. But I wasn't scared of him. I knew how great he was. One of the best three-point shooters I've ever seen. One of the best scores I've ever seen come out of Pinellas. But I wasn't afraid of him. Hell, I played with one of the best players in the state. I competed with him every day my senior year. He was younger at the time, but he was one of the best players in the state, bar none. I wasn't afraid of him. If I would have seen him in an AAU tournament, we, I wouldn't have been afraid of him. Why? That's my boy at the end of the day. I respect his greatness. I know how good he is. And I know when we step on this court, the friendship shit over and he might drop 30 and I might have to get, get with him and I might not be able to go bucket for bucket even with my homeboy my age. Hey, I know what he's capable of. Grew up around him. Played against him. Played with him. I know what he can do. But shit, I wasn't afraid because I know what you can do. You my guy. You still my boy. And so I think the difference is when Kobe and Jordan, they were such killers and, and people felt like nobody... They didn't like nobody. Understandable. I don't think they liked anybody either. But what I'm saying is that created that, like, damn, like, it's going to be no remorse. Well, like, LeBron will dap you up, ask you how your mom's doing, ask you how your family doing. He got personal relationship with these guys. And they'll be like, yeah, that's my dog. He about give me 40, though. But that's my dog, though, so I ain't really worried about it. It's, it's a little bit of friendlier competition. But it's still, you guys use it in a way to take away from LeBron James' greatness. And it's, you, you hate LeBron. And that's okay. I don't hate Kobe. I don't, I don't hate Kobe. I don't even hate Jordan. But y'all take it and use it to hate on LeBron. See, this is why he'll never be them. They, they approach the game differently. But it doesn't take away. Y'all want to take away mentality and this and that to take away from somebody else's greatness. It does not change. Their approach is different, but the result of greatness is still the same. As far as these are three of the 10 greatest players, We've ever seen. Let's just, for the sake of argument, these are three of the 10 greatest players we've ever seen. If you don't have any of these three guys in your top 10, you're probably a hater. I'm just saying, maybe you could come with some factual argument. I, I get with you on all that. If you don't have these three guys in your, somewhere in your top 10, you're a hater anyway. So we're talking about the approach of three of the greatest players that we've ever seen play the game of basketball. But we're going to bash one because he's more friendlier, created this friendlier, player-friendly atmosphere, player empowerment. Y'all hate him for that. And y'all want this to go back to the 90s. But then when guys start to get tough, here's my, here's my problem. 
is y'all want this to go back to the so-called 90s when guys were fighting and all this. But then when guys do get in fights and punches are thrown, y'all get on the radio. Y'all get on your little podcast. Y'all get on a a little clip on Twitter. Y'all do it all. These dudes ain't tough. They ain't soft. Uh, they, they soft. They ain't tough. They're a little punch, da-da-da. But this is what y'all want to see because y'all swore Michael Jordan was getting beat with elbows by the bad boys' pistons, right? And y'all love that style of basketball. And I'll tell you one more thing. And, and, and before I close this out, because I just want get to get out and get some of my thoughts out. But this, is, this, is an, this part of what I'm about to say is inspired by my guy Jeff Hunt, you know, older gentleman, to be respectful. That's my dude, though. But I'm going to call him an older gentleman to make him feel older. So hopefully, Jeff, if you hear this, you chuckle a little bit while hearing your boy Mo refer to you as an older gentleman. But he's a little bit, he's an older gentleman, a little bit older than me. But he's seen the bad boys. He's seen that era of basketball, right? And even my pops has as well. Um, and, and we have these conversations, but he's seen that era. And he, when he explains it to me, it's not much different. Like, he tell me how many field goals uh, the, 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 the bad boys Pistons give up per game. And uh, one of the years when they won the championships, I think it was like 30-something made field goals. The Cavs team this year, in 2022-2023, gives up one less field goal than the Detroit Pistons did back in the day. Or one more field goal. Could be off on one more or one less. Field goals made per game against them. The only difference is the, the, the higher scoring now, this whole non-defense notion, there is defense being played. These guys are very skilled nowadays. But also... Most of those points back then were twos, right? Like, if Jordan was had a three-point shot, he'd been a murderer, right? We know that. But that wasn't really the game. The, even your great three-point shooters didn't have the green light to be shooting from 35 without it being the, the shot clock dwindling down, a, 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 you know, at the end of a quarter or something. Larry Bird wasn't jacking from walking across half court and shooting from Damon Steph's range. I ain't saying he couldn't. But he wasn't. It wasn't acceptable in basketball like that. That wasn't something you've seen. But now you're seeing three-point shots being shot at a higher rate. So, of course, three is worth more than two. And if I'm hitting 15, 16, 17 of those as a team a game, and I got a guy who's hitting four or five of them, he hitting four or five of them bitches a game, like, yes, the points are going to be more, but like the, the final score is going to be higher. But the, it ain't really no different. And if you want to debate that, go check the stats. And it's to my guy, Jeff Hunt, who, who really brought up that argument, brought that to my attention because, like, gives gives a young buck like me more of a leg to stand on. And Jeff is one of those, like, he hate the people who are, like, get off my lawn type of guys, right? Like, why can't you just appreciate how you came up being an old school cat and also appreciating the greatness of generations to come after you because y'all want to y'all want the next generation to be great. And when they're great, you find a way to hate. Just let that marinate. Y'all want the next generation to be great, but when they're great, you find a way to hate. And on that note, I appreciate everybody for tuning in. I appreciate everybody for listening. Like I said, I'm going to give you more of these thought type of podcasts. Get some guests on. We're going to talk longer and break it down. But next, I'll be coming with my all-NBA team, my my awards and all that. I'm also going to do that. But I put a lot of thought into it today. And that's why I ain't want to dish it out because, damn, that shit hard. I'm going to tell you that now. It's hard. So I just want to make sure... You know, that is coming, I promise. Um, but it's hard. I, I, I got a lot of things I got to dive into because there's guys like, I'm good either way, but when I put my stamp on what my all-NBAs and MVPs and all that look like, I got to be able to break, you know, the difference. So on that note, 
Make sure you go to Off The Ball Network. Make sure you tune in to Up The Flames. I appreciate you. If you are listening, go follow me on Twitter at Mo underscore Cheese 15. Instagram at Up The Flames Pod. And on that note, Up The Flames.